Welcome to Drinking Bros, presented by BlackRifleCoffee.com. Put down the water and grab a fucking drink. drink, 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 drink. Welcome to Drinking Bros. We are in Los Angeles, California during the Oscars. Uh, bringing back some of your favorite guests and, and most requested that haven't been on the show. Uh, Jared Taylor, Mr. Burt Koontz, and I have flown out for two weeks. And uh, we'll be hitting you with some of the best guests we've ever had on the show in our history. And we're unbelievably proud of these episodes. Uh, that being said, we weren't going to make the celebrities uh, sit with us as we stroked our dick to strike force and Black Rifle Coffee and talked about every sexual position under the sun in which we describe our sponsors. But we also didn't want to take that out of the show. So we're going to do it for you right now. Uh, first and foremost is BlackRifleCoffee.com. Don't drink this before sex. Um, you don't want a, a, a dirty bed. You don't want a brown bed to start your day. Uh, usually a, a good cup of coffee, a fine cup that's worth its weight in gold, uh, will give you the healthiest shit of your life. And nothing's going to give you that shit better than BlackRifleCoffee.com. Uh, Black Rifle Coffee is uh, is a premium roast-to-order coffee. It means they make it in-house, bag that shit up fresh, and then ship it out to you. Um, I'm, look, I, I've, I've been a fan even you know before they became our chief sponsor to the show. I've been getting this shit for like a, a year and a half shipped to my house. They got K-Cups. They got bags. Um, caffeinated as fuck and just black are my jam. Again, the Coffee Club of the Month is, is the greatest god, goddamn thing on, on earth because it just gets dropped off at your house the same day every month. You don't have to think about it. And it's about four or five bucks cheaper than Costco. Uh, also, their apparel is, is, is as good as it gets. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com. Type in the promo code DRINKINGBROS for a one-time use of 20% off. Can't say enough great things about Black Rifle Coffee. Uh, next up, we got StrikeForceEnergy.com. Uh, Strike Force is, is, is my go-to. It's my go-to lube now. Uh, not only do I drink it to workouts, not only does it last longer than five-hour energy, but it gives me that boner that I need to get me going through the day. Uh, Strike Force Energy comes in four amazing flavors. We're talking about uh, uh, lemon, orange, original, make America grape again. Um, it's a tasty, tiny little tin pouch. You rip it open, squeeze it, goes into every liquid available. Uh, and you can kick the can, kids. You do not need the fucking can anymore. You can get rid of Red Bull, Monster, Kickstart, all that jazz. Find a wedding in your area and donate all those cans to tie behind those fucking cars because you don't need them anymore. Go to StrikeForceEnergy.com. Type in the promo code DRINKINGBROS for 20% off. Uh, they also have a subscription to the month club, and they ship everywhere in the entire world. Uh, it's my pre-workout. It's my fucking jam. I drink that shit every day. The grape's my favorite. Next up, we got ghostbed.com. Sleep so good, it's scary. Um, also, like if, if you've ever fucked a ghost, I know we talked about Bobby Brown who said he got, he got raped by a ghost one night. Um, this is the bed to do it on. This mattress is not only human-friendly, but it's ghost-friendly. Um, so if, if you're out there and you're, you're saying to yourself, Oh my God, I, I hear a window opening or, or some, some billiards cracking on the pool table downstairs. I think there might be a ghost here. Uh, chances are 
you can invite them up and fuck them right in this bed. Go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. Um, and that'll that'll give you all the sweet deals you're looking for. Typically, they're giving $50 off and two free pillows. But I know the deals have gotten bigger because their beds have gotten even bigger and better. They also have a cooling bed that is out now. That is, uh, it's about 15 degrees cooler. Um, that way, if, you're, if your wife is bitching about the thermostats, uh, about cranking it up, you can buy her this bed, throw some fucking... Uh, sheets on it and she'll never know that the bed is cooling itself so you can let her hike it up to 75 and be a total bitch i'm kidding uh love you babe uh go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros and uh get them dills they've also got a new craftmatic one that's that's fucking dope as shit it's got like usb plugs in it and, and flashlights and the whole shit uh and they got a pay as you go plan so if you're saying to yourself, hey, I really can't afford a mattress now, uh, this pay-as-you-go plan is is the one for you, and uh, they can space it out over a couple couple years. Next up, we got Grill Your Ass Off. These are new to the show, but not new to my heart. I've been following these guys on Instagram for about a year, and uh, I started liking all their posts, and they were like, fuck, dude, we love drinking bros. We love to be on drinking bros. I'm like, fucking awesome. Grill Your Ass Off has got the best seasonings for meat. I'm talking about chicken. Uh, steak, lamb, you name it. Uh, they've got they've got seasoning for every fucking meat you could possibly imagine, and they're hundred uh, percent veteran owned. Um, so go to grillyourassoff.com. Use the promo code Drinking Bros for fifteen percent off, um, and you will not be disappointed. We, we've we've all been using this seasoning for a while, uh, and I had no idea they were they listen to Drinking Bros. But uh, I, I love their their Instagram. That grill your ass off. Uh, Instagram is fucking incredible, and uh, and their their seasoning look it lives up to the hype and it lives up to the pictures. They also have uh, some like some cooking videos on YouTube that are fucking entertaining with a bunch of hot girls. Um, so you can't go wrong there. Go to grillyourassoff.com. Type in the promo code Drinking Bros for fifteen percent off. Next up, we've got the Caillou app. That's K A Y U. This is a free app that is now available everywhere. Um, uh, starting March, it started March 10th. So March 10th, uh, this this app drops onto the world. What it does is it combines travel, lodging, uh, fucking. Let's say you want to meet up like Tinder. Uh, you're going to a concert. You're going to Coachella. You can split the cost for everything. Uh, you can see who you're who you're sharing a hotel with, or or, or maybe going on a cruise together. Um, you you can split it up with some people, see their ratings. I'm I'm not saying you can or cannot fuck them. Um, you're your own person. You make your own fucking decisions in this life. But I I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of hookups on there. Uh, but also, like, let, let's just say you're, you're, you want to go bird watching or hiking. You can find some people on there, hook up, see the ratings, make sure they're not serial killers, and uh, and get loose with them. Uh, that's K A Y U. Go to the, the 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 app store and type in the Caillou app and grab that shit. Um, they're having a, a St. Patrick's Day party too in, in Charleston, South Carolina. If you show up. And you have the app at the doors. You, you get to drink for free at all the bars, which is a real nice goddamn thing. Uh, plus, Caillou was started by uh, two, two Green Berets out of, out of Fort Bragg. Uh, so, so download the Caillou app. No strings attached. It's just fucking free. Uh, last but not least, we've got Sig Sauer. Uh, fine, some of the finest firearms in the biz. They're so great, they're not even giving a fucking promo code. They're just like, yo, we think we have the dope, dopest guns on the planet. Prove us wrong. Go to the website. Go to SigSauer.com and uh, and check out their assortments and uh, large, large collection of firearms. Uh, some of the best in the biz. 
And uh, they were also in, in, in the Christmas sketch uh, that, that Matt, Evan, and Jared did. Um, if you want to check it out, only 38 million people have checked it out. Um, so if you want to be 38 million and one, by all means, do it. And just know that they are using SIG in the fucking video itself. Go to SIGSour.com and peruse their catalog. Uh, this, this is going to be an awesome set of shows over the next, next couple months. We are live from Los Angeles. Uh, let's kick it off. Welcome to Drinking Bros. This is our March Madness edition. We're having some of your favorite guests that you've written in. Uh, over the years to come back to the show. Uh, Mr. Clay Crawford was on that list numerous times. Uh, star of Lethal Weapon and Lethal Weapon Only. Just, it's the only thing he's ever done. The other 50 movies did not count up until this point because they were independent. Um, Some were unwatchable. Though. Really yeah. We talked about this last time. Because like, that's all everybody says now is fucking Lethal Weapon. And right. it's like, hey, yeah, I've done like 50 other fucking movies. Well, it just happened overnight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a boy with a dream. Well, and, uh, I got to say from my standpoint, I think Lethal Weapon is so big because everybody wanted to fucking hate it, and it's actually really good. It's great. I've watched both seasons that are on Netflix, or uh, not Netflix, who, uh, Voodoo. Yeah. Watched both seasons. I wanted to hate it. I'm old enough that I grew up watching all the Lethal Weapons, and it's fucking good, man. He loved it. it. And so so much it so, in fact. It is really fucking good. We were doing, we were doing a, a middle of a show. And we don't listen, typically go back and listen to our own shows, but uh, during the show, he was like, hey man, have you seen the show Lethal Weapon? Yeah. I had no clue. <laughs> and, 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 and he didn't know. And he didn't know. We started laughing. I was like, yeah, yeah, I've seen it. And he goes, man, it's fucking great. He goes, the guy that plays Riggs on that is so fucking good. And I was like, well, he's been on the show before. Um, no clue. That's, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> no no clue. Yeah. yeah, no yeah. clue. Yeah, because these guys are fucking harsh critics. Uh, but obviously. I mean, that's how we are, right? I mean, you want... I was the same way. I loved the film so much. That's why I didn't want to be a part of it. So I think we went into it with that same mentality. It was just like, man, fuck. If we fuck this up, like we fuck it up for everybody, you know? And and we, we, we felt like we had no business going into it. So I think living in that shadow was really good for us. And I think it pushed us all to do the best work we possibly, you know, we could possibly bring to the table. So so much so, like, you, your show worked so well that now, uh, like, people at home don't know this, but, like, pilot season is going on out in L.A., so you get to see what they're making. They're trying to reboot a bunch of classic movies, like trying to create the Lethal Weapon uh, success on television with these other, like Magnum P.I. was, was casting. Uh, yeah, last, yeah, yeah. So they're remaking Magnum P.I. Yeah, at CBS. I'm and like, it's like, that one's like, come on. Like it's yeah. a blatant. It, it's just so difficult. And, and I mean, attempt. Again, we got so lucky because if they would have made me audition for this, it would have never happened. You know, the fact that, somehow someone saw something and they made me an offer, which never happens, right? You always have to struggle to try to get any job you get. So the fact that they put us together, it was just lightning. Me and Damon playing off one another. It's, yeah. great. it's just lightning in a bottle, yeah, right? And I good. think it helps that, A, D and I know funny, but the dude who took what I think is arguably one of the greatest scripts that Shane Black wrote, which was Lethal Weapon, the original script, I think it, it redefined how we saw cop drama and comedy, right? And buddy comedies, if that. So... What Miller took when he took that pilot and kind of 
revamped it in a way, you know, kind of brought it up current. I think he and I have got such a singular vision on what we want the show to be. I think that really helps having him in the writing room and then having me on set. And he allows me to kind of rework scenes on the day and whether that be with dialogue or with work with the director, he allows that so that we kind of maintain that one vision throughout. Cause I think that's what happens on network shows. You get 15 guys in the writing room. And you have the network and the studio and all these notes coming from executives who are just fearful of losing their job. So if they don't make a note, then they're not doing their they're not doing what they should do to kind of keep meet the status quo, which in turn, it could be a note that's completely, you know, bullshit. It's, it's well, something bullshit, to, to, to say yeah. that was, oh, that was my idea. Yeah. That, oh, I, I was the one that plugged well, they in want their finger, that. And that was the and fucking that, worst part about second season is they all wanted their fucking thumbprints on it. Because the first season, they're just like. The chances of this succeeding are pretty slim to fucking none, right? So good luck, guys. You yeah. Know? And they just let us go. And by the time it caught on, we were fucking finished shooting the season. Um, so yeah, when we came back. That was the biggest hurdle is they had notes, fucking right up character notes, and like how I should play rigs, and maybe you should get a haircut, and maybe you should start wearing. It's like, are you fist fucking? Yeah, we're, we're already, oh, oh, see, we're already yeah. season in now. We're now past you want to give notes? Like, yeah. come on, guys. We're we're, we're past that as, as a group, and that happens all the time. And like <clears throat> I, I've said to you numerous times, it's executives at home who want to watch this with their friends or lovers or girlfriends or whoever the fuck, and be like, ah, see that line? I did that. Yes, that. that's it. That's, that's it. the only reason they're they're putting any input in. Yeah, not not because hey, what idea did you come up with that is a huge success? No, no, yeah, yeah. just just oh, I, I did that. It's just that I did that yeah. mentality. But see, this is like, but the other problem is too. We have these directors that come in, and and that's the other problem, right? You've got these. Every single episode has to be someone new. And they, they spend the first two days just trying to get to know the cast and, you know, uh, get over those those personality hurdles, right? And and then they spend the entire time shooting just for the executives. We're like, why are we getting the shots? Like, wow, they may want it. They may. Yeah. Who the fuck is they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why don't we just make the best show possible and then just see what the fuck happens? Yeah. You know, which is what we did on the first one. And that's really tough, you know, because again, everyone just lives in fear. Yeah. And you're directing an episode. Yes. Uh, but again, like directing before, like primetime drama after the director, which was Mick G for the first one. Once he creates this world, you're just coloring by numbers. You know what I mean? It's set. The, D, the DP knows the tone. The actors know the characters. And they're writing these scripts. And, and we've got a, a, this little procedure that we're following, right? Right. So to come in as the director, just don't fuck it up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like help relax the actors, help them see it from different perspectives and, and try not to, you know, create a couple of shots that are going to maybe expedite your day. You know, yeah. outside of that, you just just get in there and just try to be cool with everyone and make your days go. You Is know, it the same DP for every episode? No, we rotate. Gotcha. So basically they'll have a DP so that he can prep with whatever the director is prepping at the time so they can tag scout and so forth. Gotcha. But gotcha. those DPs, again, you know, we just lost a DP because he's so fucking over the show. You know, he's just like, I can't keep doing the same thing. For he's 22, exhausted. Exhausted. Yeah. 22 episodes is just it's a grind. Of, it's a wow. grind. And, and a lot of people don't understand what a grind it is because you, you see it at home and you're like, oh, man, so-and-so is my favorite actor. He's on my favorite TV show. He must be having the greatest time of all time. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like, oh, no, no, he's not. He's not working so much. 14 hours a day. Uh, that Saturday morning you get up, you're just trying to get some sleep. I almost for the canceled first time. on you today, but because I love you, I was like, fuck it. <laughs> well, we're glad you did. <laughs> I was just like, this morning, because I finally peeled my ass out of bed at 10, and my wife's like, look, I ordered grits. And it's like, because you can't fucking buy grits in LA, no, right? So no. to get to wake up to grits and eggs and bacon, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like fuck, I'm never going to make it to see Ross today. <laughs> Why can't you get grits in LA? I, I've tried. You can't get 
biscuits and gravy. gravy. Yeah. Tyler and Jack and I just ate, and it was like, what? You were at the, the only diner right next door right here at the 101 that serves grits in this town. Yeah, yeah. that's that's the only that place is I've the seen only so far. place that we can find. But no biscuits and gravy. No, no biscuits and gravy. This guy will sit down and have a, a, a like a, a home country meal every day. Biscuits, gravy, uh, fucking mm, eggs, bacon, ham. That's how you start. The, that's how I want to start my day, yes. right? Yeah, I want to be with up, my children and my you, wife, and I want to eat a good meal, and then go do what I need to do. You grew up where Alabama, Alabama, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's I'm, man. It is hard to find country food out here. Like really, really. I, I'm good lucky to have a food. wife from Texas, and yep. uh, she enjoys cooking, so I'm very fortunate for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. lucky Godspeed. Man. Yeah. yeah, I want to. I want to get into a crazy story with you, by the way, that I was thinking about the other day. Well, um, <laughs> is this going to be Exhibit A? Yeah, Here yeah. we go. <laughs> no, it's it's something. Somebody asked me in another. I did an interview on somebody else's podcast the other day, and they were like, uh, and they always bring us up because we, we did a bunch of sketches together, a bunch of movies, and all that stuff. And right. they were like, "Man, he seems like a fucking awesome dude. What, what was your craziest story with him?" And I was like, "Whew, <laughs> there's a million. But there was one in particular where I've never laughed as hard as I did this night. And I wanted to tell you the story to see if you were even remember it. Okay. My eyes are watering just thinking of all the stories that we have. Oh, God. Because <laughs> we are so incriminated. I'm just so grateful there were no cell phones back then with all these phones. Oh, we'd be, we'd be fucked. Oh, my God. We'd like, be fucked. This, yes. just, uh, I, just, I, I, I have moments with all this Me Too and all these things that are happening in the world, you know, and you're just like, oh, have I ever been rude to it? What have yeah, I cut? You, you know, going I'm like, back fuck, like, is there anything uh, on video? What have I done with my life you know there's so many so yes let's go through a moment that i may or may not recall <laughs> so we were shooting a movie with tara reed in like 2006 right um, oh, oh we were and, and tara's great by the way like we strike as far as, as far as working with her super professional was always on time 100 percent. and uh the owner of this hotel because we were staying there for for a few weeks uh was like hey i want you guys to come to this club we're gonna give you free bottle service everything it's gonna be amazing just need some pictures with Tara and all that other shit. And Tara was just like, it's fine. Awesome. And she's like, hey, do you want to come down to this this club with us, you know, and have the whole VIP, the whole bottle experience? We're like, yeah, absolutely. We're shooting the movie. We get down there and we're in this roped off VIP area. Mm -hmm. um, and I see a, a guy in a wheelchair all the way across the club. And so he's like, ah. he starts waving at Tara like as hard as he can. And I'm like, oh my God. And he's, he's mentally retarded and he's got like, Big wheelchair. It's the big wheelchair. Like yeah. a lot of shit is fucked. A lot up. of support. A lot, yeah, a yeah. lot of shit is fucked up. Mm -hmm. I don't know what happened. And he's like, uh, "Tara, I love you. Can I come? Can I come over there?" And she's like, "Yeah, yeah, you can come over. Whatever." So you see him start to wheel across the club, across the dance floor. Like people are dancing. He's trying to get his wheelchair in and out of these trying dancers. Trying to navigate the, the dancers. All, all of, and this music is blaring. And I'm like, I'm watching this from across the club in slow motion, this guy. And I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. He gets through the dancers. He's in the wheelchair. Uh, finally wheels up to the booth. And I'm taking, it, it probably took him like seven minutes total, right? Um, and he's like, Tara, Tara. And, the, and, the, and she's like, oh my gosh, yeah. And she's like, uh, I, I want, I want you to come, come with me. And she's like, oh, oh, you want, you want a picture? You want a picture? And he's like, and so Tara walks around, leans over him. The two of us are in front of him, and uh, she, she leans down. And she's like, did, did you want a picture, honey? And he goes, no. I want you to suck my dick. One hundred percent. One hundred. Percent. This guy, because I thought I was. Like, he actually said this. Yo, yes, yo, I went from I went from like feeling so fucking angry that I was as drunk as I was that I could not help him navigate that fucking dance floor. Yeah. I felt like such a bad human being. Like all of my Boy Scout skills had just fucking gone completely out the window, yes. and I'm so guilty. And, and and I feel and I'm sitting there holding this, 
And and I'm just trying to make sure we can get a good photo for this fucking kid. And like, no, but you can get something like that. And I'm like, oh god. Promote head appears. Tara's face just went just far Promote head appears. She turns around. She goes no, and just turned around and went went back in the room. We're laughing to tears. I mean, tears crying, laughing in the middle of this club. And so I like we're laughing so hard that I turned and apologized to her, and I was like, I'm really sorry. That was probably the funniest thing ever because it looked like he was going to stand up out of the chair. Oh, and and I was just like, uh, so I looked I looked at Tara and I go, hey. I'm really sorry for laughing or whatever. And uh, uh, she looks at us and she goes, eh, it happens all the time. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Yep. Yeah. No. She was totally used to it at that point in her life that somebody would cross a fucking river in a wheelchair <laughs> to ask to get their dicks up. <laughs> I mean, it was fucking insanity. Um, and that, that shoot was one of the funnest, by the way. That was one of the best shoots we ever had. Because we had conjoining rooms. Uh, and that we we had fucked up. We trashed them. Look, we, I remember on my birthday, you had this cake. Yeah. And it was like an ice cream cake, wasn't it? I bought you an ice cream cake, yeah. And it was massive. From, and then at one point, you just like slammed it down on the middle of the coffee table, right? On the middle of the coffee table, and then I smashed it into the television. And it stayed that way. But this happened. My birthday was really early on in the shooting process. Yeah. And we never allowed anyone to come in and clean the rooms. No, we taped the, uh, we taped it the Do like Not the Disturb signs to the door. had been in there. It, like they were on a fucking tour. Yeah. Yeah. It was rough. Smash the lamps. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, what? oh yeah. Why? Yeah. Uh, just to do it at that point. <laughs> I had this old. I had this 1970 Mustang. Right. So we're driving out to where were we shooting in? Uh, Simi Valley. Uh, the steamy Simi. Uh, right. The so <laughs> nothing but trans ams and butt sex, man. <laughs> so we're driving out to fucking the land of methamphetamines, right? And my fucking Mustang breaks down on the freeway. Yeah. <laughs> we had to fucking get this fucking towed back. So I had no transportation. So we just lived on this film set and had like great actors coming and going at all times. Yeah, yeah. So every day there was a different like huge celebrity like Vinnie Jones. and This and, was that... Uh... The bowling thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seven cent split. They yeah. you know, changes to strike. Bowling. Strike. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but they, yeah, they yeah. like Vinnie Jones. I, I show, on DVD. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So, you and my dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And my, and my mom. Oh, my mom. I forget about well. your mom. mom. I've yeah. watched it quite a few times. Yeah. But we Ray, laughed Ray Weiss, a lot making it. Ray Wise, uh, yeah. Vinnie Jones. Yeah. Every day was some, Vincent Pastore, Big Pussy was on that, that movie. Every Big day pussy. there was somebody new and they were like, I mean, it was fucking The human chaos. jukebox, Johnny DiMaggio. Oh, yeah. Uh, Bender from uh, Futurama. Johnny no D. shit. Yeah, Dude, he, he was, does every fuck. Mike, because having a five-year-old and 11-year-old, there's I have the broad spectrum of all tele cartoons, right? Yeah. He's on a hundred different fucking shows, man. Everything. Everything. He's loaded. And he's got a booth in his house. Oh, he I said, Bender I don't. to come on our show. He says, yeah, oh, oh I, you should. He can do the voices he does, man. <laughs> Yeah, it's wild. Uh, I mean, it's it's incredible. So he just records them at his house. He's got a studio. Records it so he doesn't he doesn't leave. Um, That's he only leaves the house to go eat sushi awesome. or go to the Palm. Yes, yep. and and he would go to the Palm. I, I mean, they knew him by name in there because every time we would go, and his, his picture was up. So they put a pic. He went so many times. They, they put a robot. They put Bender on the wall inside the Palm, and it was just like, <laughs> fuck, yeah. man. I mean, we when he walked in, we knew every waiter, bartender, all of that shit. He's so talented. Great. Yeah, yeah. So great. He Wonderful did a, guy in, too. in the Wiffle Ball movie. He played a Harry Carey, and uh, he does a great Harry Carey. <laughs> <laughs> he does a bunch of impressions, um, and he was fantastic. But every day there was a different celebrity, and they they would want to come party with us because we shot all nights. 
So we started at 11 p.m. Shots till about seven, seven or eight in the morning. But then just went back to the hotel and just raged, raged, and, yeah. And because we had these all these liquor sponsors, right? Yeah. So we were just getting just <laughs> shit canned and rewriting the material and like working on stuff. <laughs> and cases like, of liquor were sent to the hotel over and over again. And again, we didn't let anybody in. And it was, I mean, it was disgusting. Everybody wanted to come party in the room and smash shit. So like, we let them. Uh, <laughs> well, you walk a, in and you realize it's an environment in which you can just kind of blow off some steam. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And like Simi Valley is, is set up like a meth town, so like. <laughs> You know, people were tweaking all night. There was a Little Caesars that was open at 7 a.m. So when we got off, we, we went some. to the Little Caesars every day, got pizzas for whoever came back and partied at the hotel. And like we had, I forget who, who it wasn't Vinny. I think it might have been Big Pussy. We had him take a pizza, smash it against the wall. And like that, that lived there for a week, eight days on that lived wall. Because um, when we got in, they were like in, in this, this. You have pu- a friend nicknamed Big Pussy. Yeah, well, he was no, Big, he Big Pussy, Pussy on the Pussy Sopranos. The Sopranos, oh, right? Sopranos yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> what happened was when we got there, they were like, uh, they kept telling us, they were like, this is the hotel that Ronald Reagan stayed in. And that was their big pitch to yeah. us. And we were like, yeah. oh. The Gipper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Gipper. <laughs> so there was this Ronald Reagan suite that the, the director stayed in across the thing. And then we had our room. And we were just like, well, here's to you, Ronald Reagan, you fucking you old and, son of a and bitch. And just so you know the, the caliber of individuals we were working with, they were like embezzling money and like had different yeah. kind of things going back and forth. So yep. they, you walk into their rooms and they just had these giant things of vodka shoved with weed shoved all into it, infusing the vodka with tons of marijuana. And like it was just a party, no matter what part of the hotel you were in. Yeah, yeah, because it was every day. Every day there was a different like uh, like Saudi Arabian prince coming in like a in a Lambo in a Lambo (laughs) would would show up to set, take one picture with Tara or whoever the celebrity was, and then leave. But it was I'm talking like wrapped up sheets, like shit like that. Where it was just like I was like Tara, who the fuck is that? He's like. Middle East money, prince of prince of Saudi Arabia or something. Like again, unfazed by all of it. And we were but just in, like, in fairness, our attorneys before when we signed the deal were like, "You you can't go make this film with these people." Yeah, I'm like, yeah. No, we no we we it's fine. These guys are great. They're like, no 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 no. There's so, there's so much shit surrounding these guys. Like it'll yeah. be, and we're like, that's yeah, it's okay. And the, the financer ended up ultimately <laughs> getting blacklisted from town. Um, yeah, hundred percent. Uh, yeah, because he like like that movie was shot for six fifty and it sold for one point eight million. Yeah. Um, and they made the money and then bounced like they were gone. And then uh, all, all the the company got popped for fraud. Like I think that was the last movie. Yeah, and um, because they were financing everything in town, but it was. You found out that they were financing it. They were trying to wash money through the Middle East. They were putting it in films simply for the fact that they wanted to come and hang out with celebrities. Yeah. And then and take they photos. they rolled everything over to where essentially they had not paid everyone from the last project. So they would just kind of dump yeah. their... So they would start this this whole new system without paying anyone. So they just kept rolling the money over, rolling over the rolling. Yeah, and they made... They probably made a hundred films before they got, they oh, got yeah. popped. Easy, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, they took everyone to the bank. Man. And it was private jets, bars. They owned all the bars in town. So like... But we didn't give a shit. We just got to make a movie. Exactly. Yeah, we're like, can we keep the film? They're like, oh, we don't, we don't care. Like, in, in, the, in the beauty of it, and like... Cause again my reps told me the same thing they were like look make sure you get paid you know and yeah. i was like all right cool and you know the money was okay uh like twenty five thousand or something like just to, to, to act in it or whatever the fuck it was and i said hey i called my agent the day before and i was like yeah, i haven't gotten paid he's like let me call him and uh call the producer the financier he's like hey you got to pay ross or he's not gonna come to set tomorrow or whatever and they're like ah oh, no worry we'll, we'll send we'll send somebody over today Midnight at midnight, I get a knock on my door um, at the hotel in my hotel, and it's a like a supermodel, like a 
some foreign supermodel. She's just holding a fucking manila envelope full of $25,000 in cash. Nice. And she was like, are you Ross? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm Ross. And she goes, hands me the money at midnight. I counted it, got texted my agent. And he was like, well, uh, it showed up. Uh, it's in cash. And it uh, looks like we'll be shooting tomorrow. Right. And that was the deal. And like, um, you know, to for any filmmaker or anything out there, like you do what you can to get the first movie made because you know it that it's not you don't know until later. And you you ran into this on a movie you directed too. You, you don't know until later that if the movie is is good or bad, but you have to make the first one to gain that experience. Yeah. Um, like that one you shot with the guy from Rocky. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I think that's it. You you, it's naive to go into these processes thinking that you're gonna. You know, you're going to make Boys Don't Cry, you know, in this film. Exactly. Right? You know, you have to make these films just to understand the whole process of it. And yeah, I mean, I worked with this this guy and he, but you know, this was a project. Bert, but was it Burt Young? There's Burt Young. Look, I, I, I had just finished shooting. We finished shooting um, Barnes Brothers in New York. My son was born. I yep. shot that film with Sean up there. Mm-hmm. So I'd been gone <clears throat> and I'd, I'd missed the birth of my, my, my middle boy. So I, I get in, right? And this guy calls me up. He's like, hey, I want to go make this film. And I'm like, man, I can't go to St. Louis to make this film with you. And he's like, well, can you just fly out and uh, help us work on the script and just like look at the material? So I get out there and I'm talking to this guy and I go, so what do you want to do with this film? He goes, ah, you know, I just want to make a movie really bad. And I'm like, oh, great, great. Well, what's your experience? He's like, I don't really have any. I inherited a bunch of money though. I was like, so you've, have you ever been on a film set? He's like, no, no, no. But yeah, you guys have fun, man. Good luck with your movie. I'm going back to uh, LA. And they, they were like, well, would you direct it? And I was like, you know, fuck. Yeah. But they end up giving me, you know, it's Eric Roberts, Burt Young, Eddie Furlong. So I get like the misfits of Hollywood yeah. all out there in St. Louis trying to make this film. And it was a disaster. But I learned, you know, what I learned was. But you learned so much, because I I remember you came over to my house and you were like, "Yo, man, they offered me to do this movie, but the script is terrible." And you know, but I want to direct, and it's something, you know. And I was like, "Dude, direct the fucking movie. You you'll gain so much experience, and then going forward, you'll be able to use all the fucking experience." Which is the most valuable lesson I learned. Which is if it's not, if you don't have the proper blueprints, which is your script going in, yeah you're going to, the, the house is going to fall down, right? You're going to get in the edit and there's just, it's not there. So regardless of how, how you think you've, you've designed the scene or, or whether you've choreographed it in a beautiful way or even tweaked a couple, a couple of lines, if the script's not there, you just don't have a film. No. Yeah. No. And a lot of people don't realize that. And like writers. There's a lot of studios that don't realize that. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. What, what's something you've worked on that you thought should have did better than it did? Um, You know, I, I think Love Song for Bobby Long was such a, and, and I, had, I had a very small role in that film. Travolta. Yeah, Travolta and Scarlett we Johansson. Talked about, we talked about uh, Travolta on the show before, Open Mouth Kisses. Always and wet. <laughs> and wet. <laughs> Men, he'll, he'll, he'll just come up and give you an open mouth kiss on the mouth and wet. I mean, it's look, wet. he is the sweetest guy. <laughs> I get out of the van my first day on set. And I'm on the phone with my mother. We're shooting down in New Orleans. And it's my mom's birthday. <clears throat> it's in the middle of June. And, um, and Travolta's getting into the van. And I see him. And I'm like, yeah, and I'm trying to talk to my mom. And he comes up to him. And he's like, and I was like, it's my mom's birthday. Just one second. And he's like, so I hand him the phone, right? And he takes the phone. And he's like, what's your mother's name? I was like, uh, Faith Crawford. He's like, hello, Faith. Happy birthday. This is John Travolta. I'm so excited to be working with your son. Dad, blah, 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 blah. Hands me the phone back. Sweetest guy in the world, but yeah. then I get an open mouth wet kiss. <laughs> <laughs> and there was no me too moment. You know, you move on with your fucking day and move on with your life. Look, there's uncomfortable moments, 
right? There's yeah. bad dates. There's rape, right? Yeah. And, and then, the, you know, I had a lady the other day tell me who's one of our transpo, and she's like, she goes, Clayne, I'm 55, and if men stop whistling at me and asking if they can fuck me, I'm going to be really pissed off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, that's, that's fucking it. flirting. Yeah. yeah. She's like, I can't, if you can't flirt with me, then what the fuck are we doing? I know. She, I goes, know. I don't, she goes, I'm not on Tinder or social media. Yeah. She goes, you can say, I want to fuck you. And I can say, well, get the fuck out of here. I'm driving. <laughs> she goes, and I go about my fucking day. I go to Chick-fil-A, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's true, man. Steve Howie was here last night. Oh, God, it was so good. Steve Howie was just like, yo, man, I've been kissed in elevators. I've had my dick grabbed. And he's like, it's flattering. I was like, same, man. Somebody grab my dick. That's it. A gay guy. I was like, it's flattering. Huh? What the fuck do I care? That's it. You come to L.A. and you realize, like, oh, this is what women go through. Yeah. Right? You go to West Hollywood. You hang out in a couple of places. You stay in bars too long. Yeah. Right? Let's, you're going to end up in a let's situation. Let's start the new hashtag, when's me. Yeah. <laughs> when, when, when are you going to do it to me? When's me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, when's yeah, me? Yeah. I want to be treated equally. And my I dick's been grabbed. Yeah. And I didn't want it to be grabbed by him. No, no. <laughs> but I shook it off. Hashtag when's me? When's, when's me? me? When's, when's me? me? When's my turn? When's, when's it my turn? When's my turn? I want to yeah, have sure. the choice. Yeah. My time hasn't started. I, I know. You can take your times up, I but my time hasn't the, started. I want the choice. Yeah. You know, have you seen is, the statue of uh, of Harvey Weinstein they put up? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh my God. That thing not fantastic. There was a lot of effort put into that. Oh, oh tons. Lot. And and they're... They removed it because of the rain last night. They're putting it up today. We got to yeah. get a picture down there. Oh, yeah, got to get a picture on that. What is it made? Is that plaster that they've made that thing? Out of? I don't know. The 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 guy it's he did it mold. last year with uh he melted he did it he did he melted two Oscars in a statue doing cocaine off the sidewalk. Um, so like he does one piece like that every year that sums up the Oscars. Yeah. So last year wow. it was was two Oscars bent over doing cocaine. That's uh, so funny. giant lines of cocaine together. And What's that, the artist's name? I don't know. I don't know. But uh, there's also a guy who replaces all the bus stop signs for before award shows with like super, uh, like Seth Meyers hosted the Golden Globes. Mm -hmm. So it was a picture. It was the real picture of Seth Meyers, a Golden Globes ad, but he switched the words out and put it up in all the bus stops. And it said, uh, we all knew. And I was just like, oh, man. So he'll go around the city and do real fucked up shit like this. But the day before the awards. Um, and it always gets massive press. And it's great. And you wait for it every year of like, Here's all right. This, what is this thing be? that we all knew? It, I, I love that it's <clears throat> we, we're all familiar with Woody Allen, right? Yes. And nobody's nobody's like we're all familiar with everyone saying Roman Polanski deserves another chance. Yeah. Right? That was yeah. a big fucking movement in Hollywood. Yeah. So what is this that all of a sudden, we've, everybody's been fucking blind to any man in any form of power. You let him do what the fuck he's going to do. Yeah. And I'm not saying that we should excuse that, excuse that by any means, but I'm saying it's been going on since the fucking beginning of time. Yeah. Right? So everybody's freaking out like, yes, but it, it's not, it didn't the start last week. The president in the early 90s. Fucking yeah. Trump said, yeah. I can grab her pussy, and yeah. then they voted for it. Yeah. yeah. What are we fucking doing? Why do Bush we... can't get a job, no. right? No. That yeah. kid, fucking whatever his name from E, can't get a fucking job. Billy Bush. Billy yeah. Bush, yeah. right? We vote this motherfucker into president. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. On that tape, Billy Bush comes off like the bad guy to me, just for laughing as hard as he laughs. laughs. 
<laughs> like laughing at all know, Trump shit where you're just like, uh, he's just sucking Trump's dick. I know. You know? Just wanted to be cool with Trump. You just know? wanted to, it was like, so it was maybe a he's fraternity a moment. He really yeah. got pinless for being a bitch. That's yeah. what it is. Everybody <laughs> yeah. just saw him was like, oh, you're just a bitch, dude. Because I, th- I think if you come out. Because you didn't think it was that fucking funny. Yeah. Yeah. Just a bitch. <laughs> I think if Get you out come out though and just say, hey, this is, look, this is who we are. This is how I talk and everything. Nobody would give a shit. Like, eh, great. Fucking, like Louis C.K. came out. He didn't a, he apologized, but he said, look, yeah, I jacked off in front of all these women. I did it. And it's like, ah, all right, cool. Fuck it. But again, I've got to go back. And I'm not excusing this horrible. I have a daughter, right? I have a wife and a mother and a grandmother that I love. But in that situation, those women said, and when he came all over himself, like, how long did you sit there and yeah, watch him that, jerk that's off? What yeah, me, it's like, <laughs> get if somebody said, you pull your dick out right now, I'm like, Ross, I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go. I got a thing. It's Saturday. I'm not watching you jerk off. Like, yeah. I get out of here. Well, the other one basketball's on. Is going into a hotel room with somebody, and when they ask you to massage him or something, same thing. It's like, I'm out. See I'm ya. out. I'm uh, gone. Yeah. Gotta go. Yeah. And also, get your fucking spidey senses up. Yeah. Right? Where are we going? Yeah, we're we're we're, we're, we're it's the three f- o'clock. Yeah, what are we gonna do when we get there? Yeah, is it just you and I? Are you gonna want to have another drink? Is it like, in this your room? Just ask these fucking questions right now. Yeah, because if you think we're fucking playing parcheesi, we're not. Yeah, I'm looking to fuck at three o'clock. Yeah, three o'clock. <laughs> if I've been drinking, yeah. <laughs> but yo, I don't want to fucking lose my job. So say you don't wanna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so fucking grateful I'm married. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I couldn't. I, I couldn't fucking tiptoe around these days. I wouldn't know what the fuck. No, no, yeah. and it would be hard because it's just like I don't. A lot of this shit, like the Aziz Ansari and thing, it was bad sex. It's a bad date. Like that's a rough date. Yes, that's all that is. That's yeah. not like aggressive. He didn't rape the girl, or anything like that. When I read shit like this, I was like, God damn, I've had a million of those. Well, I've had so many girls like, look, I'll suck your dick, but I don't want to fuck. Right? I can remember those times. I'm like, yeah. in my twenties, yeah. I'm like, is this shit like? Was that a? That's just a bad fucking. She just changed her mind. I was like, I don't want to fuck. Yeah. 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 Let me get an Uber. Good to see you. Good to see you. You're calling the Uber, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's six eighty one. But it's a pool. It's an Uber pool. I'm gonna make you drive with like. I just feel like those moments where we had all had way too much to drink and we all made a lot of poor decisions. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. And those were the fun. Those were the good old times. Poor and heavy decisions. I think as a father, I don't want those. I don't. I feel like it's. It's so cloudy right now, and I feel like with having a spike like this, we've we've gone, we've we've made this these 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 great moves, but we've only traveled this short distance, and nothing's really been accomplished. And I fear for my daughter being in the workplace, and it's like me too again, you know, and someone someone abusing her, truly abusing her, and and, and preventing her from moving forward in the in, in in her job because she's not willing to do certain things. I, I just want there to I want the lines to be drawn so that we know what's what, you know. It's such a mess right now. Yeah. Yeah. You even feel like trying to have a fucking conversation about it. It's, you know, it's it's like that Saturday Night Live sketch. Did you guys see that with uh, that was on two weeks ago? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. With they're, they're tiptoeing around with with disease, where it's just like, oh, how do we talk about this? What's it like on set these days? Has it changed? We, I mean, look, there's so many. You know how it is on film sets for a female to work in a in a very male driven environment. You know, which is it's kind of like a construction site. You know, it's it's guys who are moving big pieces of equipment, who are setting posts and lights, putting lights, and it's. I think that's why it was is mostly men because of how physically intensive it was over the years. But certainly, there's a lot of females who pull their weight and are badasses on our set. But I think you kind of have to have a certain amount of. Um, to fucking get through life, you just gotta get it right. So I think we try to make fun of it, you know. We 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 have moments because I mean, look, I'm the first guy to slap everybody on the ass, 
you know. But I grew up in a fucking locker room. Yeah, I grew up where if if you weren't doing something right, you get somebody gets in your fucking face and gets loud about it, right? And if you do a good job, you get good grabbed. Game. Ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. My my big cousins beat the piss out of me because they loved me. You know what I mean? And like I came up with from that from that mentality, and I think a lot of our crew is in that same kind of vein. So it's a good environment for us. That's good. Yeah, That's good. That some environments, some some sets are rough, man. Yeah, and look, I'm with a big agency, and like. I, I remember going to have my first meeting after all the Me Too shit happened in there. And uh, I, me personally, I, I saw the way it changed. I was talking about with somebody else. Like, you go into these agencies or these meetings with executives, they used to hire just hot ass assistants. They're super flirty when you come in. Do you need anything? Great to see you. Oh my God, this is great. Whatever. That vibe is now gone. It's more very clean and cold and calculated, like a doctor's visit of like, Oh, Mr. Patterson, Mr. So-and-so will be with you. Would you like some water? And it was just like, back in the old days, it was like, oh, hey, how are you? Yeah. It's like we're in fucking Gattaca. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like we're in a movie from the future. Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Very cold and calculated. And it's just like, oh, all right, cool. That's right. The Me Too thing happened. And, but it's uh, like you said with the females, like Shannon Sharp, you know, he's like, he's like, if you're a female walks into my office, man, I'm going to put a trash can in the door. Don't let the door shut. You know, yeah, like, you yeah. don't want to be alone with a female. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. You don't want to be in that situation. It's weird. I want to. I want to bring up a story that not a lot of people know. You did a Weinstein movie mm-hmm. in Australia, The Great Raid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your favorite movie ever to work on, <laughs> The Great Charade. But you had because it was a, it was a hundred million dollar. What was a World War Two movie with James Franco? Which in in two thousand and one, two thousand and what two thousand two, two thousand three. I think is when I made the film. That's a lot of money to spend. Yeah, on oh film yeah. Back oh then, yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. Um, that was like beginning independence day like oh yeah, yeah a yeah, lot yeah. of money a lot and, of money it was a war and it was like james franco ben, benjamin bratt sam worthington you know and if that fails and, i mean people lose their jobs it's that type of big movie mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. um would you would you be willing to tell the kangaroo story oh yeah yeah i mean look it, i think it goes to i i i just you know i, I did a walk through because i had a lot of, i had early success in this business and um Walk to Remember, Swim Fan. Right Those away. were big movies. Oh, like, damn. Yeah. Walk I to did, Remember? Yeah. Like I did. Josh Hartnett? <laughs> no, it was uh, Shane West. Shane West. Shane West. Oh, yeah. Shane West yeah. Yeah. So I did. It was one of those Nicholas Sparks movies, yeah. right? So yeah. it, it, when I got out here, it happened. I, I started booking stuff pretty quick. And I got into the game before I really knew what the game was about. Because I'm from Bama, right? I'm, nobody. I'm blue collar, right? No one knew. I might as well say I was going to be a fucking astronaut. You know what I mean? I was going to be the first dude to Mars. So. I didn't have any guidance really, so I got out here and I got into the business, and I just thought it was like fairy tales of just making good movies and trying to be a great actor. So I hit Walter. Remember, while I was shooting a Walter, remember I booked Swim Fan, literally shooting in Wilmington. I get the call that I'm going straight to New York after that. So just like this ride started to happen, right? And then I get back to LA for like two weeks, and like you're going to Australia to go work with John Dahl, and uh, it's like Joseph Fiennes and and all these great actors, you know. And um, like, Franco, yeah, James Franco. Franco. Yeah. I mean, Connie Nielsen, you know, tons of great actors, and um, Logan Marshall Green, and so we go to Australia and we get there, right? And um, we get the script, and it's right before we go to boot camp for like two weeks, and all of a sudden my character, because I was I was trying to decide between Cold Mountain and um, and the Great Raid. And John Dahl called me on my cell phone when I was in Alabama at my farm. It was just like, uh, I'd really love if you come do this movie, yada, yada. And I was just, and I, I thought Rounders was such a great fucking film. I'm like, I got to go work with this cat, right? So I get there and I get the script. And like, my character's almost been cut out of the film. There's probably 40 pages that's been cut out of this thing. It's just really been condensed. And I'm like, holy shit, I call my agents. I'm like, I'm not in this thing anymore. I got to get out of Australia. I can't be here for six months making a movie that I'm not going to be in. I'll just be, you know, my mom won't be able to recognize me. You know, yeah. military, right? So we all look the same, World War II. So 
they're like, look, just go to boot camp. We'll figure it out, right? So I go to this thing for two weeks. I get out, and I was not happy. So I was fighting with all the Australians and everything, yada, yada, yada. So it was a bad fucking scene, man. I was sneaking out of boot camp and hitchhiking into town with Max Martini, the other actor that was on. They know Max. Oh, yeah. Max would be with you. A hundred percent. So we had to sleep in these fucking World War II tents, right? That... um. World War II tents. There's like two posts and a, and a drape, Who right? was running that boot camp? Dale Dine. Yeah. <laughs> That's Captain exactly. Dale Dine. <laughs> wacky, wacky, hand off, snaky. <laughs> so, so we're out there in this fucking hellhole of Australia in the middle of nowhere, right? So we're sneaking out and we're finding booze and we find this bar and we're able to eat burgers because they give us fucking rations. Like we have these things we have to cook and it's because uh, Dale Dale is Dale. Like he Dale is Dale and he wanted <laughs> us to fucking be in it and we were in it and I kept trying to tell him that I was an actor. You know what I mean? And uh, I could, a week of this and I was like, I grew up in Bama, bud. I can I can I can I can operate at a, a, a carbine, right? And um, so uh, so we go through this process, but during this thing because it's two weeks, we've got over a hundred and fifty extras that are going to make this raid which was the greatest extraction in military history which was on Cabanatuan right so which linked to the, the march on Cabanatuan so we've got to train every day every day with these guys so we become a family right we all really kind of figure this out so we get back and the Weinsteins kind of the company and all these producers, Marty Katz, this cocksucker, gets me in a room and he's like, "So you don't want to be in this fucking movie?" I go, "Fuck no, I don't want to be in your movie." You know what I mean? I said, "I'm not gonna, I'm not in it, so I don't want to fucking be here for six months if I'm not in your thing." And he's like, "Well, Harvey's gonna put out a fucking thing tomorrow in the Variety, saying that Clayne Crawford is difficult to work with and you'll never work again in this fucking business." Jesus. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I'm 23 at this point. I'm like, man, I just got started. I was like, I'm just not in the movie, Marty. I went through your fucking boot camp. I, I don't want to, I can't do this every day. If I'm not in this film, I've got other offers. I do want a career in this, right? Trying to talk to him is, is being a man, you know, I'm a dumb kid. I really don't know what I'm doing. And he goes, the press release will go out tomorrow. Plus the amount of money you cost us to set back production to find another actor. I was like, fuck it. So I go through it and it was hell, right? So about a month into shooting, uh, we're leaving these rice fields where we've been shooting this film, or the sugarcane fields, and um, we've all loaded up. It's been a long day, and the extras have to drive themselves in, but the actors get bussed in from these these condos in uh, in in, in a Surface Paradise, uh, in, in outside of Brisbane in Australia. So we load up in a van, and a lot of the actors are leaving. And this guy Woody, he jumps on his motorcycle and takes off. Right, and we all say bye to Woody because Woody's just a good dude, you know, and. Um, we're following behind him, <clears throat> and a kangaroo, so right, traffic goes this way, right? So it's opposite in Australia. So a kangaroo comes out of the ditch and jumps in front of Woody. Woody hits the kangaroo, and it throws, it pitches his body off the bike, at his, uh, his ass over his head. Oh, shit. So as he's coming up over another vehicle, coming at, I mean, it was, like, if we'd set it up and choreographed it for two weeks, we couldn't have got it on the first take, right? He's up in the air, and the other vehicle hits him and knocks his head off his body and throws his body. Clean off his body. Clean off his body, yeah. probably 50 yards ahead of, the, <clears throat> you know, to the backside of that vehicle. And the kangaroo's over on the side of the road. Fucking Woody's head goes behind the kangaroo. The kangaroo's, like, kicking, you know. And Woody's head's behind this thing. And, and you know, we're, I, again, I'm 23 years old, so and Max is in the car, and, and Mark Consuelos, um, Kelly Ripa's husband, 
and we all jump out of this car and we're just, you know, kind of fucking shocked for a second. And we've been seeing, you know, you, we're also desensitized. This was right after 9-11. And I really think that changed us as a country uh, in how we perceive violence and how we perceive. I think it was difficult for us to separate. You know, we, we'd seen all these Armageddon had just had come out just, you know, recently. And, right. and, and, and so I, I, we, you're watching this. And, and, and Max is, you know, has the wherewithal to take off his jacket and go cover up Woody's head. And um, the kangaroo stops kicking, you know. And about that time, a fucking busload of 19-year-old Australian kids, you know, um, pulls up. And it, it's all of our extras, right, who are, are posing as World War II vets or, or soldiers. And, of course, kids are throwing up and, and crying. And it turns into this, you know, a big scene, right? So we go back to the hotel and we all just get slammed and, you know, smoke a lot of grass and just try to, um, you know... Uh, find a calm, right? A normal. Not that anybody was freaking out. It just throws your guts off whack, you know, right? So the next day we wake up and um, we get a call that we're going to go to Woody's funeral. All of us in our fatigues, right? In our gear, in our actual wardrobe. Yeah. So they, they're they're they, going to bus us to wardrobe because their intention is for us not to lose the military mentality and for us not to get out of character so that we can make this film for them. So they didn't want us to separate Woody from the battalion. So they wanted us to go and have a military funeral for him. How fucked is this? And the studio did this. This is, this is coming straight from fucking Warner Brothers, right? <laughs> wow. So my middle finger had already been halfway cranked. At this, you know? And you got, you got a lot of veterans in your family. I got correct? a lot of vets in my family, right? I'm, from, I'm, I'm, I'm the target. Dem, where I come from is the target demographic where you go pick the U.S. military, right? We, there's not a lot of opportunities where I come from. And everybody's looking to better their lives. And these guys come in in their, in their badass uniforms and they look great and we want to go do that, you know, and most of the men in my family have served proudly. So to kind of disgrace it like this, you know, to make a fucking movie <laughs> and Woody was a fucking, Woody had actually served, you know, and most of our extras had served in the military and it was such a fucking kick in the junk, you know. And, and of course, Max and myself and, and Mark and a few of us were just like, oh, fuck yourself, you know? And we obviously didn't go and we did our own thing for Woody. And But that's the, to, to this day, that is the craziest story I've ever heard where it was just like Hollywood thought it was appropriate. Like, hey, yeah, give him a military. Harvey Weinstein is this whole thing with him, you know, it's I think I think we need to realize that a lot of men in power, not all men in power by any means. But some, especially in this Hollywood circle, are just bad fucking human beings that are so insecure, they bully everyone into doing whatever the fuck they want. Right. And if you don't do what they want, they threaten the, the very thing you've left your family for. Like All of us are from somewhere else, and most of us from some small towns where we've, we've always wanted to be a performer. And we've come out here with this big dream, we've put everything on the line. And they use that to their advantage and they kind of hold, they dangle this carrot, you know, and I, I, I hope that this movement, if nothing else, just sheds light on corporate America and, and the studio system and how it's ran, you know, because it's just really poorly and it's never is it done with love or tact. Yeah. And, and Sunday tomorrow's Oscars, they're, they're supposed to address it like a, a time's <laughs> up thing. And it's just what? like, oh uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's going to be interesting. The whole thing is because it's you have Ryan Seacrest doing the red carpet. Uh, stars are trying to debate now whether they're going to talk to him because he he was one of the accused. Um, which I, I've met Seacrest a few times. 
I think he's asexual. Like he's not for men or I, I couldn't tell you if he was for, Again, for guys I, or girls. I, I don't. I I just. I've, it's tough to defend. You don't want to defend anyone. You don't want to get involved in this stuff. But um, I know I'd met Mr. Weinstein and he was a fucking scumbag. Same. Right. Same. I've, yeah. I've met Ryan and you know he's, he just seems like a really great dude. But I've also met fucking Masterson and he seems like a great dude. Yeah, we played and softball this with Danny Masterson. Can't keep yeah. getting accused by people. I know. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like. It's crazy. Fuck, man. Yeah. You know, it's, um, I don't know. It's fucking chaos. Let me ask you this. We've been asking some of our guests this. Who's somebody you would want to play in a biopic? Ooh, good question. Yeah. Because we've had this, this, this question with, with, with a lot of actors who've rolled through. Mine's Ric Flair, obviously. Oh, fuck. I really want to write a fucking uh, Ric Flair's. I read his book. I really want to write <laughs> his shit and then play Ric Flair. Uh, we, we've been trying to get him on the show. He's gone up and down through some health things, but uh, you know, I mean, look if they ever did something like Eddie Vedder, you know. Ah, shit, that's a good one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> remember when we saw that Pearl Jam show? Fuck, do I remember? Craziest that thing ever. So Pearl Jam plays out here on a Sunday night. Um, that was at the Forum. Wasn't forum, it? yeah. Fuck yeah. Forum, and they got tickets, and I was like, "Yo, I got just to get tickets to Pearl Jam. Let's, let's fucking go. We get these great seats. Uh, we go to see Pearl Jam." He's on stage, and they end up going for like four, four and a half hours. I know he said, I'm, they, at one point he tore whatever signage that was down, that was behind him, that was some kind of ad, ad, advertisement. Advertising, yeah. That's not what the fuck they're saying. You know, they ramp it yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, We're going to sing all night. And we're just in, but the best time we saw Vetter was at the Wiltern when he was oh, just boy. here on that big rug, and he did the Into the Wild album. Yeah. Just the end of the wild album. And he had some lady in a lab coat that kept bringing him different guitars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she'd just present them <laughs> and then take his, you know. <laughs> He's incredible. But, but at that forum show, he gets up, he tears down the advertisements, and he's, he's hammered. Hammered. He, he drinks red wine, but straight out of a bottle. That's his jam. <laughs> On right? stage. On stage. Good red wine. Like It's expensive. Um, and it's, it's Sunday night at the forum, and everybody in L.A. is a fucking pussy. Like people are starting to leave because they're like, "Oh, I'm gonna work in the morning." I don't. This is crazy. This has gone on too long. Uh, so he goes. Uh, so he, he's he, he's looking out. He's foggy. He's got red wine, and they've stopped serving at this point. <laughs> Stop serving point, and, he, and he's tired of squinting. And he goes, "I'm tired of fucking squinting. I'm tired of fucking squinting." Turn on the lights. Yeah. <laughs> Turn on the lights. All the lights. And it's like uh, the people are looking around. And he's like, I want all the lights on in this place, which they never do during a concert. And yeah. Like, yeah. All the lights come on. So it's as bright as it is in here. And you can see everybody next to you, <laughs> which is kind of uncomfortable where you're just like, oh, okay. Because you can see people hiding joints or whatever the fuck they're doing. And your buzz is starting to come down because they've stopped serving. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so. Light, last call. And half the, again, half the crowd is left because the show's going on for so long at this point. We didn't. And he goes, everybody starts to come closer to the stage. Let's forget about where we're sitting tonight. And I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> so everybody kind of presses up and he goes, well, what do they stop serving? They fucking stop serving around here? And he goes, uh, it looks like I'm serving. I'm a fucking bartender. So he goes out in the crowd with these bottles of red wine, starts filling up people's cups, and he goes, uh, let's just take requests for the rest of the night. Let's just take fucking requests. Hey, you're this here fucking happened. Yeah, yeah, 100%. 100%. So we're sitting there, and we're like, great. all right, cool. But people are shouting out, like, The Who. You know? And it was just like, so he starts playing The Who. Somebody screams out, Star Spangled Banner. Somebody plays the Star Spangled Banner. This goes on for four and a half hours. He, he did a oh, rendition badass. of Daughter that was, like, fucking seven minutes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Cool. And with all the lights on. 
So like you could see him, you could see how much he was sweating. I want sweating. you to see your brothers and your sisters out there tonight. <laughs> yeah, put a hand on some I heard on her. There is nights like that in L.A. that you have where you're like, oh, holy shit! Tell the time that you were, we were in that fucking what was the bar when Prince just got up on fucking stage? Oh, we've heard this. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I've dropped that Prince story where where he came in at a green bar. Uh, Dude, we were backstage. Or the green door. Yeah. Someone got us into. Dave Matthews? It's Dave Matthews. Yeah. And Julie Roberts was walking around backstage fucking handing out drinks. Serving shots, yeah, yeah. Just walking around. And, and you were like, there is great Hollywood nights. Like, you had this <laughs> like moments that if I called like, my buddies in Bama, I was like, man, fuck? I was at, you know what I was at? I was at Dave Matthews tonight. And <laughs> by God, pretty woman walked by with a damn train. And they're like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> shut the fuck up. Yeah, there's no way that happened. I'm a Bama man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so he's got the same agent as Dave Matthews. We're huge uh, fans. Uh, we get backstage tickets. We, we go backstage. Everybody famous and their mother is there. <laughs> but like hair down, not giving a fuck. And like, and I was like, man, what else could possibly happen? And I turn, and I, I was the one who, who ran directly into Julia Roberts. She got a whole full tray of shots. And She's she was walking like, around with tray was shot, walking yeah, around. And I was like, she took them from the front bah. and was walking around serving. Yes. Yeah. So so I turned badass. and and I I ran into her and I go, oh my god, I'm I'm sorry, Julia Roberts. Like like I knew her. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> Julia Roberts. And she goes she goes, oh, it's fine, it's fine. But you're having shots, right? And I was like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Of course, I'm having, of course I'm shots. So I give shots to him. You know, we're doing shots, and I was like, "Yo, did Julie Roberts just give us fucking shots? Like, this is incredible! This is incredible! This is incredible! We can barely pay our rent, but this is incredible! This is incredible! Yeah. So, but it, we really wanted to meet Dave because um, he was yeah. a cool guy. We, we were a fan and all that shit, and uh, we didn't. So, we, you know, we're there backstage for like two hours partying with everybody, and it was a fucking blast. So we're walking out, and, and you, you were like, man, isn't this, this is one of the greatest nights ever. I was like, yeah, I just wish we could have met Dave. So we walk by, and he's just sitting by himself on the, to- on the, on the steps of his tour bus. And I was like, oh, fuck, there's Dave. Let's were we go. at the Greek? Was that at the Greek? Uh, no, it was at a Hollywood Bowl. Was this like in the Dave oh, Matthews right. heyday, like Dave Matthews? Yeah, 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 this yeah. Was yeah. Got it. I mean, this was 2004, maybe, yeah. 2005. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so Yo, it was just so like. like it was da- for Dave to be playing the bowl his last night, it was one of those, like, every and he had his kids up on stage. Like, it was, yep. everybody was there, families. And that families, all, all that stuff. And then we, we went back and talked to him, and your agent had sent him Barnes Brothers, the first one, and he had oh, seen that's it. Right. That's and he was, right. like, a massive fan and just talked to us for, like, 45 minutes. That's right. Uh, on the steps of his tour bus, and we were like, holy shit, this is amazing. And that fucking nerdy kid from American Pie, who was the pie fucker? Sherman? Oh, yeah. oh no! I, I forget no. what his name was in real life, but uh, he ca- no, no, the, no, the, main the guy character who actually fucked the pie. Yeah. Um, I, whatever. I forget what his name was, but he he rolled up and was just like, "Hey, Dave, I'd love to talk to you." And he was just like, "Just shit, just get the fuck out of here." The Barnes Brothers was genius. Like I just wanted to, and he just shoved this guy out of the way. So it was just the three of us who chatted forever. Yeah. And like, there is as much as we bitch about Hollywood, there is those magic nights where you're just yeah, like, man. "Fuck, they're rare." But they pop up and you're I'm like, I'm trying to get Dave to come do an episode of Lethal. Oh, really? Because he wants to be a fucking actor so bad. Yeah, he right? does. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. he was in a bunch of independent movies he for a while. He was great in Winn-Dixie. You know? he, was, he was awesome in that. Really good in that film. To, to get him to pop up in that, it would be fucking fantastic. That would be fantastic, yeah. Just fucking fantastic. Yeah. Who's one of your favorites that you've, you've worked with that's, that's kind of unknown to people? I don't know if he's unknown, but Andre Brower is probably, you know, as far as... Um, you know, from he's Homicide on Brooklyn Nine Nine, yeah, 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 Brooklyn Nine Nine. Now he's, he's just, he's. Um, I did Thief with him years ago. Um, but Which also, Thief was great on uh, FX, dude. It was, but it was Cliff Collins and Yancey Arias and Malik Yoba. Like it was just such a great cast. You know what I mean? And 
Um, and Andre was just wonderful. He, he just kind of, he took me under his wing in a lot of ways and just taught me the craft and, and how to respect it and to appreciate it. And, yeah, you if, you, if you don't know who Andre Brower is, in glory, he was the pussy soldier. Who got nominated. Yeah, he got yeah, nominated. And he, who kept getting the shit kicked out of him. He was best he's, friends with uh, Matthew great. Broderick. He was the I bo- watched that movie about once a year and his part specifically. Him and Denzel Washington were just so Those were my two together. favorites in that whole yeah. thing. Yeah, they're good. Matthew Broderick was good, but man, that is. I watched that movie about once a year. I'll buy it or rent it. And it is fucking great. I thought Matthew, yeah. Matthew Broderick was okay. Yeah, but those two guys, Denzel, I mean, they were, they were great. Yeah, yeah. And, that's, and Andre's always, he's just one of those dudes that, you know. So it's weird to see him on a comedy like that. Because it's. I yeah. feel like it's such, it sounds not terrible, but I feel like it's such wasted talent where you're just like, man, he could have been <laughs> Sterling K. Brown winning fucking Emmys and Golden Globes and Oscars. But he's on a fucking Andy Samberg show. You know, but I think because it'll, what, they maybe have another year that they'll do that. I know they just did their 200th episode or something like that. So It's, it's been on a long it's fucking time. It's been on for a long time, yeah. you know. And he, he's just so talented and he has his family in New York. You know, he, I think he's one of those great actors that will just continue to pop up in wonderful films. And Same. You know, he's just, he's like a Sam Rockwell, right? You know, who is literally probably Love Sam Rockwell. Actor. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I had Michael Raymond James on, and uh, I was talking to Mikey, and I was like, dude, you remind me of a Sam Rockwell, where it's just about the work, doesn't really care about the other shit and social media and all that stuff. And uh, Yeah. Yeah, look, there's a lot. I mean, Ben Mendelsohn, there's a lot of great actors out there, man. God, ben Mendelsohn is the, the fucking best. Yo, Ben's that been guy. doing it forever, man. Is popping up everywhere, but he is fucking phenomenal. Yeah, my Bloodline? Man, my man's Blood, been famous. Bloodline. My man has been famous in Australia for 25 years. Has he? Yo, he, this is the this dude is, he was one of those guys that just literally kept his middle finger up at all times to Hollywood. I mean, you watch Animal Kingdom and the fact that Joel Egerton, which again yeah. is a great actor and he's also a great little filmmaker, but the fact that he popped off and Ben just kind of held back because he just didn't care, man. Well, and that's a, per, you said Bloodline, like I, I watched. Yeah. I watched, I binge watched that, and he makes you want to fucking hate him. Like, he's so good. He's he is so that good. Fucking good, and you're just like, God, this fucking guy is. I didn't know he was Australian. Yeah, uh, like I didn't I, either I, until you said that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I, I had to look him up, that. and that was even more impressive because most of those fucking guys, like you know, you bring the the Hemsworth and all that shit over here, and they they do the American accent. Right, you're like, right. you can still every other fourth word is it's Australian sounding. You're like, come on, bro. Whereas that guy, fuck, man. Uh, he he is completely. But you know in you it. got. I mean Australia. I mean Aiden Young's the same way. Who I did Rectify with. Like he's just such a great actor. You know uh, Australia pump. They, they pump out some great ones. But um, yeah. yeah, a lot of those guys they just want to kind of stay out of the system, stay out of the light. They just want to focus on the work, which is is hard to do these days. Uh, as a father of three with one in college, it's very difficult. Yeah, that's why I'm a complete sellout and on Fox. So, <laughs> so Ross and I, Ross always shoots on my. I'm a huge Western guy. I grew up in a Western house. I grew up in a Clint Eastwood, John Wayne house. Would you ever do a Western? Ross shot me down yesterday and said they're too expensive. You they're have expensive to, you to have make. To, you have For to me make personally, them. Like that's my dream. I mean, my granddad only watches the Western Network, right? Yeah, that's the same with me yeah. at, so, at home. At, and and I think movies. I think these newer, you know, from like. Um, no Country for Old Men, like these modern day westerns, are also really great. You know, Hell or High Water. Um, yeah, oh yeah. Right? So I, I think, I think those, those kind of are taking the place of our old school western. You know, which I, I and and I, I'm not opposed to it. But um, a Three Ten to Yuma, you know, those kind of films, man. And and I think even Hostel. I don't know if you've guys seen that. I haven't seen it yet. Film. I'm dying to see it. Look, ben Foster and Christian Bell. 
Do you want to know the, why the Oscars are complete fucking bullshit? Hostel's not nominated for anything, but Get Out is nominated for everything. Like you, you can't watch Get Out. You know yeah, well, I mean? well, the difference is I, nobody's seen Hostel. Like it didn't. I, I can't. And I guess even, everyone's seen Get Out, right? Because it's oh, like the young demographic. It crossed right? three hundred worldwide, and it's like for Hostel, I, I don't even know how much it made because uh, it. There is literally hardly any reporting on that fucking like that movie's invisible. And Scott Cooper makes only great films. I I don't know if you know Out of the Furnace and and Crazy Heart. He's just such a fantastic filmmaker. So it just it's sad that the award shows are um, are like our news outlets, and they're just you know they're driven by agenda, and it's it's really sad, you know, even with our accolades. Yeah, because these fucking films that are nominated, like I, I was real shocked that Get Out was not only best picture, best director. Uh, screenwriting, I can see. Like I, I, but but best picture, like fuck, man, it's just a horror movie. It's just a low budget horror movie. It's shot well and it looks cool. Again, I I I um I think a film like Black Panther is is so inspiring. To did you have. see it? Uh, I I did see the film. I um, loved it, man. I I fucking saw. I thought it was look, the best superhero the, movie I've ever outside seen. Outside of the Lexus commercial in the middle of it, I thought it was just. <laughs> I thought it was. I noticed fair. that too. I was like, like, yeah, come on, guys. Like, I, I know a lot of money came in from Lexus, but come on. Halfway through, it was, it was no, right at the halfway Lexus point. It was commercial. like, hang on, let me drive you there. Oh, Black Panther's got to be driven somewhere in a Lexus. If you're outside on top of that, of that. Yeah. outside of that, and, and you and it's it's like we want it. We want everyone to have a superhero to look up to and that kind of thing, you know. But. Um, yeah, it's sad to see that politics are just affecting everything. Have you seen the new Thor? I love oh, the new God. Thor. <laughs> see? He won't watch it. He are you serious? making fun no, of me. I'm like, good. this is it's, the breakthrough it might new be, It yeah. might be the greatest superhero movie outside Thank of... You. The, oh, out, outside, God. Outside, been waiting for this. I, I, outside I of the second him, Batman, it, it is might be the greatest superhero the, movie. The greatest thing made. about that is you aren't watching a script at that point you're watching them just talk shit to each other you're watching this concept like, yeah and, and jeff goldblum is so <laughs> and that's what it feels like it doesn't feel like a movie at all all right i'll, wa- I'll watch you gotta thing. watch it if you man. say if you it say it's fine i'll watch <laughs> fucking thing. him i don't trust yeah I don't and one thing trust. about the black panther i think what's great about that is the fact that they it was it was all about the the african-american movement what i loved about that film that was not even something that was really televised what or they made a big deal about was the female in that those films i think they stole the absolute picture oh yeah 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 the, absolutely the, whoever played the soldier which i think she's from walking dead yes she stole that film yeah she, she was fantastic dominated, yeah. you know I mean, michael b jordan was amazing but the, those women in that movie were just incredible they were great they, they knocked it out uh, like out of the park across the board casting everything like special effects it's the, just the whole thing yeah and the thing that i enjoyed it was the slow most. in the beginning i felt but it made up for it on the back end you know yeah well you got to tell that story because let's face I guess it I what it was right yeah well everybody that world. all these fucking comic book fans who, who say they're comic book fans you know they didn't buy one goddamn comic book they're they're they, nope. they, they know yeah. the people so like for the rest of us who do like because i will fully admit i've never read a fucking comic book in my life i watched the x-men cartoon yeah, I watched a lot of cartoons. I read comic books, but I never bought a Thor comic book. I no. never bought an Iron Man fucking comic no, book. No, fuck no. And I certainly never bought. I didn't know Black Green Panther Lantern. was a superhero until they. Did I didn't it. know Black was Panther like, was a superhero. All right, either, cool, yeah. and I'll watch it. So like, I was getting him and the Phantom confused from my grandfather's uh, newspapers. Yeah, right? okay. the, the Sunday newspaper would have yeah. like the Phantom, and I was like, "Is that the Black Panther?" So I couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. So when I saw it, and they were setting up the world for somebody like me who knows nothing about comic books, at least I was like, "All right." 
here's where they're from, yeah. here's what they're doing and why they're going there. Yeah. And I didn't mind that slowness because it was telling me the story where everybody else was like, oh, great, you know? Let's just get to the fucking... Everyone was great, and again, I thought it was directed really well. So for as far as superhero movies goes, which I haven't liked the Star Wars outside of... Uh, what was the one? Yeah. The fighter. What was it? Rogue. Rogue was a rogue. rogue yeah. All the other ones have been garbage, right? Yeah. Would you consider doing a superhero movie? Yeah, at this you point, back the man. truck up. Yeah. Back the truck up. <laughs> <laughs> is there anyone in particular that you're like, yo, I, this yeah, is one I, I like to play? I think I should be playing Gambit, you know? Yes. Oh, Thank you. Cajun. You would kill Gambit. A little French. Yes. Do you have the accent? Man, look, I'd fuck up that accent, you know? Get me down there with some of those Cajun boys for a minute and yeah, yeah, yeah. light it up. That's a great one, actually. And I think, uh, I, I think. As of today, Channing Tatum is actually attached to Gambit. Yeah, I know he kept. They've been trying to get it going. I think the best one, though, I'm really excited to see this Venom. See what Tom Hardy does. Really? Tom, oh Venom? yeah, yeah. I haven't heard about so that. Tom Venom, Hardy oh, is playing Venom, and I'm talking like a 20 million dollar indie style Sony Pictures doing like Marvel film. Oh, yeah. Fuck. So apparently, yeah. and they said he puts on a clinic. Oh, he, Tom Hardy's one of the best. Look, man, do you watch Peaky Blinders? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he is when he gets on phenomenal. there. Phenomenal. He's crazy, man. How does that not get nominated for everything? I don't know. Oh, but he does, he's, he's, he's another one who doesn't do press, barely social media. Like, he just started an Instagram maybe four or five Which, weeks so ago. Per perfect. Like, and I'm not, not a shameless plug here, but. And he was wearing all your he's shit. He's wearing all our stuff. And I'm just like, how the fuck did that happen? He's, That's amazing. But yeah. I'm just, just a good dude. And everybody I talk to says he's a good dude. But Peaky Blinders, his fucking part steals the show. Like, he, he steals the show. Fucking yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. Like, just a good dude. Really good dude. Uh, well, we're, we're at that point in the show where we get to the drinking bro of the week. Uh, and again, we've been giving it to our guests. Uh, is there somebody influential, inspirational lately since you've been on before uh, and you had a drinking bro of the week? Is there somebody else you'd like to give it to that, that's really helped you along the way? Um, yeah. Also, and, and real quick, before you say it, the cool thing about you, the last one you gave it to was a teacher, I believe. Mm. And then you invite her. She was at the fundraiser, and I got right. to meet her, who was the inspiration for acting and all that other shit. So without, I'm sorry to cut you off. But yeah. I asked you about your Instagram because you were at again. I didn't realize that you had a foundation. Yes. And we you just guys recently were, started. You guys yeah. were together at it, but when I went and researched your foundation, it's it's pretty heavily. So the Drinking Bros community is a huge vet community, and that's the first thing that popped up on your foundation, the Clay and Crawford Foundation, was vets 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 your grandfathers your family members so i mean I, what what is the foundation so these guys the drinking bros know. Uh, yeah here's the thing i i i am not um sophisticated enough to have a cause that uh that moves me on a daily basis for me i think um anyone who just doesn't have an opportunity so i i go to children first um and and then women and then and then vets you know i think that as far as like I don't want to. I don't like to use the word unfair, but raw deal sometimes. Um, so what I did is I created a foundation that essentially I started within my community, and I'm trying to find other charity groups that are grassroots that are kind of doing things on their own. So we started with this backpack foundation, and this is ran by my buddy's stepmother and uh, this this other lovely uh, lady in this small little town in Moody. And these women are in a garage putting together anywhere from 60 to 250 backpacks full of food and then drive them around to these different homes for these children. Um, and they're, they're desperately always trying to raise money. So I thought, why not have a beautiful dinner where I can raise money for these guys? And if I can give them, you know, 10 to 30 grand, 
um, then my community and the people that I'm inviting to say, hey, come to a charity event, they can actually see their money go somewhere. And I feel like it's best to kind of touch base in your hometown and then kind of let the ripple effect happen and kind of begin to branch out. Because I think when you're fortunate enough to make a good living in whatever it is that you love, and, and we're all of us sitting at this table are, are, are affected by that, then you want to help others. And, and I think the biggest issue is, is we don't know where our money's going, and we certainly don't want it to go to overhead um, yeah. or, or, or to company cars. Right. So you want to make sure that we're genuinely helping the individuals who need the help and that all of the resources are going to them. And uh, so that's that's why I created a foundation. So I just basically we're doing a barbecue in uh, in May and we're working with a small little um, it's called um, Three Hots in a Cot, which is in this small little town of Clay, which I'm from in Alabama. And they are essentially giving uh, vets and their families uh, helping them get back on their feet and um, and and get health care and help them pl- have job placement, and um, so those guys are struggling out there. So we're going to do a barbecue and try to have some music come out and donate the money to them. And also, we're working with a small music group um, who this gentleman works by himself, and he's trying to help children with autism uh, overcome their disability with with the power of music. Um, and he's and he's completely strapped financially. So we've uh, we've chosen those two as our as our targets for this for this benefit dinner. And uh, and yeah, we just kind of move on from there. And we're open to um, any any ideas in the website. Please, anyone kind of go on and say this is my favorite organization, and, and they're struggling in, in X town, and and we'll see if we can't throw them on our list and try to raise money for them. And that's uh, ClayneCrawfordFoundation.com, right? Dot org, yeah. Or dot org, dot org yeah. yeah, yeah. And the last one was the which was your first one was a smashing success. Um, um, it was packed. Uh, everybody was was wonderful. Actually, you want to give the drinking bro of the week to, to Goose's mom? I'd love to do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and 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 you know, look, we're fortunate, right? This this I think that's the one thing about doing you know uh, the show is that it affords me the opportunity to um, use this kind of this this bleep of, of fame to kind of raise money for these guys. So I, th- I think that's kind of been our main target. So, so yeah, let's so, give it to her. Yeah, Mrs. Gossett. Yeah, uh, no. This is horrible. She have, oh, she have a different last name? Well, I just call her Goose's Mama. I said, right? that's, I that's her, we call In Alabama, yeah. we call everybody Mama, right? Yeah, so. <laughs> that's it. Same in Georgia, where it's just like, oh, yeah, it's Goose's Mama. She'd never listen to this, so it doesn't matter. The, the, the thought's all that counts. Yeah, exactly. We'll, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll keep it with Goose's yeah. Mom. Um, yeah. The well, backpack well, program. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and you guys, you fuckers listen and know how much of an asshole I am, and I'm angry, and I wanted to hate Lethal Weapon because I'm a huge Mo Gibson Lethal Weapon fan, but if you haven't watched the TV show, fucking watch it. It's, watch it's, it. It's good. And, and Clint, it's, it is Clint literally is one of your really favorites. Good. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And I'm not a huge TV guy. I, I like Westerns, but it's he's a He's burnt from TV, but he's not a huge TV guy. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's not too late to say it, JT. I'll get up and walk out of this fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it is too late to say it because we're all going to get up and walk out of this, this podcast. Uh, Clay Crawford, thank you for being here. For Jared Taylor, Burt Koontz, I'm Ross Patterson. Good night, everyone.